Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo on the Temporary Foreign Worker Program. Up first in today's country comment, Dr. Martin Scanlon with the University of Manitoba will join us to give an update on how the university is handling COVID-19. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Today we're joined by Dr. Martin Scanlon, Dean of the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences at the University of Manitoba. Uh, probably most people are aware that we've had to transition really to an onla- offline campus, so online for our students. And that's been, I think, as our president told the uh, collection of deans this morning, that that's been an incredible mobilization. It's gone surprisingly well. I know that it's also caused some duress for students, and so there's been some measures put in place to reduce anxiety levels. So I think uh, that component has gone quite well. We're now entering the exam period for the uh, degree programs. With the diploma programs, we've been ahead of the curve, so we've seen a few kinks in the system that we've had to iron out. But uh, I think uh, the really the feeling from the university as a whole is that um, that it's gone quite well and better than we, we might have expected, you know, three weeks ago. And now what are the plans for um, graduation? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, for, uh, for a lot of our students, um, the convocations have been cancelled. So I know that uh, our... Um, uh, communications office is working with uh, individual faculties to try and celebrate in some way that's non-conventional convocation, um, uh, a convocation and a graduation for all our graduates. But the reality is, is that uh, the real ceremony is going to be the delivery in the mail of, of their parchments, um, assuming that they've, they've met the graduation requirements. So that will go on ahead as normal, but it will be, um, unfortunately, a curtailment of the traditional celebrations. What's happening as far as uh, research programs? Yeah, so that's uh, undergone a big change as well. So we were... Um, we were advised uh, from our vice president for research and international that all of our research had to be closed down except under those special programs that needed to continue because there was a big upfront investment and certainly with agriculture that's that's something that's um, relevant to us because we've got a lot of field accessions, ongoing environmental sustainability programs, um, um, animal experiments that were ongoing. So all of these were allowed to continue, but under very strictly controlled conditions that are all, you know, compatible with this lowering of the curve. So the the usual distance learning, uh, distancing protocols, the requirement for much more stringent hygiene and hand washing, etc. So, so a, a real curtailment. We are, I mean, this is of real concern to a lot of our researchers who are field programs and to also the industrial sponsors uh, who are 
supporting that research that what they were uh, hoping to do is actually be allowed to prepare for field season. So at this stage, we're hoping that field season can go ahead. That was Dr. Martin Scanlon, Dean of the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences at the University of Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Yesterday, the federal government announced funding to help employers who are bringing in workers from abroad. Here is Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau. I'm happy uh, today to announce $50 million to help farmers, food and seafood processing employers, put in place the measures necessary to follow the mandatory 14-day isolation period required of all workers arriving from abroad. The government will provide support to $1,500 for each temporary foreign worker to employers or those working with them to ensure requirements are fully met. The program will be available as long as the Quarantine Act is in force and the isolation protocol is followed. And Smithfield Foods has announced that its Sioux Falls, South Dakota pork processing facility will remain closed until further notice due to an outbreak of COVID-19 among employees. Here's market analyst Tyler Fulton. The plant is one of the largest in the United States. It really does deliver a scary blow to the um, hog industry and to the hog market just because of the size of the plant and how much it represents in terms of total capacity. The Smithfield plant represents 4 to 5% of U.S. pork production. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, April 14th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo will join us to talk about the Temporary Foreign Worker Program. The federal government is providing $50 million to help employers put in place the measures necessary to follow the mandatory 14-day isolation period required of all workers arriving from abroad. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo spoke with the media yesterday. I'm happy uh, today to announce $50 million to help farmers, food and seafood processing employers, put in place the measures necessary to follow the mandatory 14-day isolation period required of all workers arriving from abroad. Let me tell you why and how our government is taking one more step to help farmers and food processors continue their vital work of feeding the nation while protecting the health and safety of Canadians. In, in many regions of the country, the production of food, particularly fresh fruits and vegetables, relies on the contribution of experienced temporary foreign workers, right from planting season to harvest. We count on them to fill our shelves. The same goes for fish, seafood, and meat processing plants. This is why we granted an exemption from temporary foreign workers, along with other foreigners with work and student visas from traveling to Canada. But like all foreign nationals arriving to Canada during the COVID-19 crisis, they must follow a strict mandatory 14-day isolation period. We recognize that meeting these isolation rules comes with a cost for businesses. That is why today I'm pleased to announce that the new federal support provides employers with $1,500 per worker to help put in place the measures necessary to comply with the strict public health requirements. This exceptional program will be available as long as the Quarantine Act is in force and the isolation protocol has to be followed. Government authorities will follow up regularly 
and employers or workers who do not comply will face severe sanctions and fines. At the same time, there continues to be thousands of jobs available in the food sector. Extending loan deadlines under the advanced payment program to help farmers manage cash flow, allowing all businesses to defer income taxes, GST, and customs duties, and giving $5 billion in additional lending capacity to Farm Credit Canada to help producers, agribusinesses, and food processors remain financially strong during this difficult time. I'm very proud of the strong and resilient food system we have in Canada. Step by step, we are giving our farmers and food processors the tools they need to continue their vital work. We will be there to support them through this difficult period. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Beeble. Cargill has decided to temporarily reduce shifts at its High River Alberta facility. In a statement, North American lead John Nash says it will allow them to minimize the impact of COVID-19 and continue to follow health department regulations. In a post on the United Food and Commercial Workers Union Facebook page, Local 401 President Thomas Hess says there are at least 38 confirmed cases of COVID-19 at a single food processing plant in Alberta. While only days ago, there were five. Late Monday afternoon, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talked to Brian Peria, the senior market analyst at Canfax, about the situation and the impact for producers. Brian, of course, this situation is very fluid. Things are changing, uh, it seems, hourly. We're talking here late Monday afternoon. At this point, what is the latest? Now the real story is about, you know, coronavirus and COVID hitting, you know, beef uh, packing plants, processing plants, and not just beef, pork, uh, you know, plants that have had to idle for a week or two or slow their kills drastically. Uh, So now, you know, we're kind of faced with a situation where we have so much livestock that's market ready, ready to go to market, but nowhere to go get processed. And, uh, you know, that's definitely becoming a, a concern for all aspects of the supply chain, right, from producers right to consumers at this point. So as far as the plants that have been shut down as of late Monday afternoon, what are they? So the biggest one I think is right now is in Cargill in, in Western Canada. Um, you know, they've idled their, their, their speed about half, you know, basically going about one shift a day just with... Uh, some of the issues they're having around, um, you know, uh, employees and labor uh, coming to the plant. So they're definitely starting to um, cut their, slow their line speeds. And one of the things they are doing now, too, that's going to affect this market is they're basically going to be killing fed cattle. So, you know, we could see a pretty drastic, or we're, we're seeing a pretty drastic uh, drop in non-fed, like cull cow prices uh, under significant pressure. As you know, there's only so many cattle they can do. Um, so as of you know, kind of Monday is that's sort of the new uh, uh, that's the, the spotlight, I guess, on the market right now, especially in Western Canada. Um, you know, we we got producers trying to get as many cattle processed as possible, but you know, things like non-fed cattle, you know, they may have to be held off the market for the time being, and hopefully, once things resume, uh, you know, we'll see prices come back for for those types of animals. And we had seen beef producers in the east being asked to hold back on their culls. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 
so you got a bit of a double, you know, you got almost a triple whammy out in eastern Canada. You know, they were struggling with packer capacity even prior to COVID. The riding Regency plant in Toronto that closed last fall, uh, you know, they were starting to back up cattle. Uh, you know, they were starting to get a little bit of an outlet into Moyer. There's a plant or Sauterton, Pennsylvania, was where some of the eastern Canadian cows were going. And uh, now that plant's been shuttered for the past two weeks. Now there's talk they may be getting going sooner than later. But uh, again, when you've got Ontario with sort of a backlog of cattle and one of their main outlets is shut down, that's backed up cattle further. And then thirdly, you know, unfortunately, as we've seen, you know, on the dairy side, you know, we got producers dumping milk, um, you know, cull cows, dairy producers trying to move their cull dairy cows into this already softened market uh you know, it, it certainly doesn't uh, bode well, uh, you know, for the, in the short term, again, specifically on cull cattle, but also seeing a backup of cattle across Canada now on, on the Fed market and in the United States. Uh, you know, there's a major plant in Greeley, Colorado, that uh, sounds like they're going to be down for, you know, I'm not even sure how long, but uh, they're a pretty big processor in the United States as well. And that kind of affects the Northwest cattle market a little bit, which is where, you know, Western Canadian fed cattle also go to. So uh, they don't go specifically to that plant, but again, it's going to shuffle cattle. I've been talking with Brian Perrier. Brian is a senior market analyst with CanFax. For Golden West, I'm Glenda Lee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are taking place Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock. Email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. On the cancellations and postponements calendar, the Livestock Markets Association of Canada annual convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada also postponed and the Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association is launching its 50th anniversary book, Warriors for Wheat. Here's director and chair of the book committee, Clayton Cadillac. Uh, well, the book is about uh, the past uh, 25 years of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. Uh, we did uh, publish a book uh, in 1990 uh, celebrating our first, um, uh, or sorry, 1995, uh, our first um, um, 25 years of the association. And uh, I, I remember how passionately I felt when it uh, was first released uh, uh, in Lake, at our convention uh, in 1995 in Lake Louise, and uh, uh, what a what a wonderful idea! And uh, I thought it was to record the first 25 years of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers. And uh, me still being around, I've been a member since uh, 1989, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I thought that uh, it'd be you know the, the past 25 years. Um, so many significant changes uh, have happened in Western Canadian agriculture, and the wheat growers were a big part of it, and I uh, certainly thought it was uh, a story worth sharing. And Clayton, just give us uh, some of the highlights uh, from the book here um, over these last 25 years. 
Uh, well, the big one uh, is, is certainly the, the Canadian Wheat Board issue and the uh, removal of the monopoly. Uh, we put uh, a tremendous amount of time and resources uh, into that program. Uh, we, um, you know, first, uh, it was 1980 when we first uh, published a paper, uh, Wally Nelson, our founding president, uh, uh, first published a paper on, uh, you know, why, it, why it's time to do away with uh, the monopoly of the Canadian Wheat Board. And uh, it took uh, quite a while, but uh, uh, that was um, certainly our, our, the crown jewel in our, in our achievements as an organized, a farm organization. Talk a bit about the the format of the book. Um, you know, how was it put together, and and uh, what can people expect when they when they open it up? Well, if um, uh, when you open up the book, I think the the first thing you're going to see uh, is the uh, uh, the quality and the um, uh, just uh, an overall uh, brightness uh, to the to the book to, of how of its appearance. Certainly, there's. Uh, uh, we used uh, as much high-resolution photographs as we could find, and uh, uh, the, uh, we printed it in color on good quality paper. And um, but the real the real uh, story of the book is uh, is the the story itself, the content of the book. Uh, we had uh, literally uh, tens of thousands of pages of uh, archives, uh, newspaper clippings, um, minutes. Uh, press releases. Uh, we sorted through all of that and managed to crunch it down into 152 pages, which was a feat in itself. It was difficult to to actually uh, allocate what would be uh, deserving in the book and what is not and what wasn't. Uh, and it, it, it was a difficult task to sort through uh, what to leave out exactly. And uh, um, but we. We did we did as best we could, and we came up with something I think most people are going to be very happy with. That was Clayton Cadillac, a director with the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. The book, Warriors for Wheat, is available at wheatgrowers.ca. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.